Chapter 8. This Means War Loki woke up the next morning with a pounding headache and a dry throat. He didn't remember any further dreams, but it still didn't feel as if he had gotten more than an hour of reasonable sleep. Loki sighed and got out of the bed. He started waking up by stretching his aching muscles. He had fallen asleep in his leather pants, only removing his boots, armor, cape, and top. It was not something he was interested in repeating, but he hadn't exactly had the time to pack spare clothes before heading to Earth, and he certainly wasn't going to sleep naked with Stark in the room. He faced his roommate as he stretched. The man had been in some sort of stretchy exercise uniform when he arrived, so he had likely slept far more comfortably than Loki, in more ways than one. The blue energy in the man's chest once again lured the god's attention, the swirling blue pulling him in. My eyes are up here, sweetheart. At his voice, Loki quickly met Stark's disapproving gaze and scowled. Remembering the degrading interaction of the night before, Loki quickly turned to face the opposite wall and continued stretching. It wasn't long before he heard a hitch of breath. It was just shy of a gasp. He had been bending over his right leg in a slight lunge. Remembering the tight ass comment of the night before, Loki recognized the opportunity for a little revenge. Well, maybe 80% revenge and 20% pleasure. He lunged further, just about to the point where the leather wouldn't stretch anymore. After a moment, he looked over his shoulder, smiling coyly. His smile fell off his face at the mortal's expression. It wasn't lust by any stretch of the imagination. It was more akin to horror. Stark's eyes were focused not on Loki's leather-clad bottom, but on his bare back. Loki immediately crouched over the end of the bed and pulled on his top. He knew his face was still flushed with some complicated mix of frustration and embarrassment. So instead of turning back towards Stark, he proceeded to put on the rest of the armor, leaving the cape rumpled on the floor. Unfortunately, he couldn't put his boots on without sitting on the bed. Loki avoided making eye contact with the hero while simultaneously attempting to look as if he wasn't avoiding eye contact. He sat down on the bed and started pulling on his boots. What? Stark started. Loki cut him off immediately. Don't, he said in a voice that could freeze a Jotun. Stark cleared his throat and started to get out of bed. He hummed some tune as he pulled together his various devices that he had placed on the bedside table. As he pulled on his jacket, he and Loki accidentally made eye contact. Loki tried not to look too proud that Stark looked away first. That's a good look, Stark said awkwardly, making eye contact again. Loki gaped at him. Of all the things he could possibly say, no, I mean, Stark looked shocked with himself at the implication of the words. I meant the new outfit. It's very space biker, much better than the whole renaissance biker deal you had going on the last time. Loki continued to gape at the baffling man. Where the hell did he get these ridiculous notions? Apparently Stark didn't require additional participants to have a conversation because he continued speaking. Not that it wasn't effective for the unhinged despot thing you were going for, but this is much less bulky. Also, getting rid of the horns was a good move. Those just screamed compensating. Loki just tilted his head listening to the ridiculous hero ramble. He briefly wondered how long Stark could continue this little tirade on Loki's fashion choices. Apparently not much longer, because Stark shut his mouth dramatically, possibly realizing how ridiculous he sounded. Though that actually seemed like too much to ask. He probably had just run out of aesthetic opinions. Loki didn't want to read too far into how much thought Stark had given his appearance. Despite himself, Loki felt a small smile play across his face. As soon as he realized it, he wiped it immediately. He was angry with this mortal. This man was presumptuous and irritating. Why was it so hard to remember that? All right, Low Kitty, ready for breakfast? Loki's amusement faded so fast he could barely remember it had been there in the first place.
this mortal needed to die, slowly and painfully. If you compare me to a feline against Stark, I will end you, universe be damned. Sure thing, Scar. Once again, Stark appeared mortified by the words that had slipped from his lips. Did the man think for even a second about what he was going to say before he said it? Loki sensed that Scar was another reference he did not understand, and wasn't a commentary on his appearance, but the mortal was not to be forgiven easily. Actually, I will stay for a while and meditate. I will follow shortly, he said curtly, as he sat down cross-legged on the floor. Okay, but don't blame me if Mr. Wizard comes looking for you because he's worried about a staff. There was no mistaking the innuendo there, and Stark's grin was wide, proud, and not a bit sheepish. Loki rolled his eyes and shooed him away with a hand, feeling his tension dissipate just the slightest bit. With Stark gone, Loki rested his hands on his knees, shook out his shoulders, and closed his eyes. Just as with his nightmares, he started by concentrating on his breathing, counting the beats as he breathed in, holding it for the same count, and slowly exhaling at the same rate. He felt his heart rate steady and his body relax. He had done these meditations as a boy at the start of his training in magic. A clear head and a lack of distraction was essential in those initial trainings. As he had gotten older, he had been able to forgo meditation as his magic had become as thoughtless as his martial training, like muscle memory. However, when he had returned to Asgard in chains, angry and humiliated, Frigga had suggested he take up meditation again. It was weeks before he took his mother's advice. He had been far too busy raging and cursing his not-family. But finally, boredom set in, and between that and the guilt that only mothers can inspire, he decided to give it a try. Unfortunately, that was all he could do. Try. And his complete inability to meditate became his first clue that something was seriously wrong with him. Try as he might, he could never steady his heartbeat, could never clear his mind. It had scared him, all alone in those dungeons. He tried to sleep as little as possible already. He couldn't stand the nightmares he barely remembered, except for the fear they inspired. When he tried to meditate, it was like trying to visit the world of his nightmares. He would get flashes of images that would cause his heart to race, his forehead to perspire. It had been like tearing scabs off barely healed wounds. Slowly, he had forced himself through the memories to confront the images that flashed through his mind. As he did, he found that many of his memories, especially those of past slights attributed to Thor, or those around his feelings of betrayal and hate towards his family, had a suspicious blue haze around them. As he had contemplated everything that had happened on Midgard, he got more and more angry, this time at himself. He was a complete idiot. His plan to take over the planet could never have worked. By its very nature, it inspired the resistance that would stop it, also known as the Avengers. What's more, Thanos would have never left him alone to rule. He would have taken the Tesseract, taken back the scepter, and disposed of Loki when it was convenient. It was then that Loki realized that he truly had gone mad. This revelation changed nothing. He was still furious with Odin, bitter about Thor, and conflicted when it came to Frigga. But he did have to recognize his own culpability in events. To himself, at least. As he slowly put himself back together in some semblance of what he had been, he couldn't help but realize that, for all Thor had claimed to still love him, he hadn't recognized just how lost Loki had become. Banishing those bitter thoughts, Loki once again worked to clear his mind as he had done every day since his imprisonment. Unfortunately, just as it had been when he had first tried, he couldn't seem to banish the pain. Maybe the nightmare still weighed too heavily in his mind, but he couldn't honestly believe that as an excuse. 
Nightmares had been a given in those first few months after his failed invasion. No, the image that could not be chased away was the look of horror in Stark's eyes when they took in the mess that was Loki's back. No one had seen him naked since his time with the Chitari, which was actually an extremely depressing thought in itself. Oh, he knew what Thor had assumed when he saw Loki with the Grand Master. Loki couldn't say it wasn't an option he had considered in his quest for power over the man, and, eventually, the planet. But true seduction was an art that couldn't be rushed, and Loki hadn't quite gotten there before Thor came along to turn his plans upside down. Loki was sensing a theme in his life. Before Sakaar, he had been disguised in Odin's body constantly. He had been too fearful of discovery to even give it up while sleeping. So Stark had the dubious honor of being the first to see all of him. Loki wasn't even sure how bad the scars really were. It had been so long since he had worked up the courage to examine them that they had likely healed and faded, at least partially, since he last looked. As a rule, Asgardians didn't have scars. Asgard's healing technology was such that wounds healed perfectly without a trace. Centuries of combat hadn't left a single blemish on Loki's skin, but less than a year with the Chitari had left a painful reminder. He naturally healed from most injuries quite quickly, but those that Shatari had inflicted had been continuous, numerous, and deep. He had been left to his own natural healing before he had been sent to Midgard, and his body could only heal so much by itself, especially with how weakened he had been from lack of food and sleep. He wanted to snarl at Stark having further proof of his weakness, his vulnerability. He supposed it could only help him in the long run. Pity was a powerful tool, but it still rankled Loki that he had lost control over how he was perceived. If he had only thought for a few minutes about what Stark would see, he could have cast an illusion. He was still working on banishing this ugliness from his mind when he heard a throat clearing by the door. Loki opened his eyes to glare at the sorcerer. I thought I had made myself clear. You're not to be anywhere in the sanctum, unaccompanied. Loki grinned at the pompous fool. I didn't misunderstand. I chose not to abide. He closed his eyes again, but he could feel Strange's presence. He hadn't been able to meditate before. He had no idea why he thought he could now. He got up and shook out his legs a bit and gestured for Strange to lead the way to their meal. Loki sat down at the circular table in the empty place between Banner and Stark. A plate had already been laid down before the seat. On it was the traditional Midgardian breakfast he would have expected. Eggs, bacon, and toast. He may not have eaten when he was on Earth last, but he wasn't completely unlearned. It was actually something he preferred to the Asgardian breakfast of whatever meats were roasted the night before, at least in theory. He nodded his approval and began eating. It was several moments of silence before his neck started to prickle. As his intention was directed away from his food, he could sense four sets of eyes on him. He looked up at his meal companions. All but the boy spider looked quickly away. Yes, he prompted the child. Nothing, the boy responded in that nervous high voice of his that indicated it was anything but. Loki looked down at his plate, at the utensils in his hand. He looked over at the men on either side of him. He appeared to be using the utensils correctly. He couldn't see anything he had done wrong. Am I not following correct protocol in some way? He asked. He sincerely hoped not. If there was anything that bothered him, it was not knowing the expectations of a situation. He had no issues with breaking rules, quite the contrary, but one needed to know them to properly break them. Oh no, not at all, the boy assured him. Loki allowed a small smile. It's just weird to be calmly eating eggs with the guy who attacked New York. Ah, so this was more doubting of Loki's intentions. That was familiar territory and to be expected. 
How would one manically consume eggs? Loki queried, ignoring the heart of the manor. That got at least a small laugh from everyone. Stark, the attention whore, laughed particularly loudly. Loki smiled but quickly remembered that he was angry with the mortal. So while the man started spooning an inordinate amount of sugar on his grapefruit, Loki changed it to salt. The trickster looked like he wasn't paying any particular attention when Stark took a bite of his grapefruit and promptly spit it out in disgust. Now the genius had the attention of the table at large, and he grabbed the sugar bowl and took a small spoonful and tested it. Finding that it was, in fact, sugar, he immediately glared at Loki. Loki infected an exaggerated, who me, face that wouldn't have fooled even Thor. Cute. You know that's considered to be an old trick over here. These things become classics for a reason, Loki countered, and the boy barked a surprised laugh. What happened to the greenish gold glow that always shows up when you do magic? I was staring at my grapefruit the entire time. There was nothing. And how would I play any tricks, do anything discreetly, if I always had a glow to announce me? Loki asked. Actually, I am rather curious about this myself. When you were here last, it seemed like you always had that glow when you were doing magic, Banner offered. Ah, yes, he was trying to instill trust. Loki supposed there was little harm in this information. The green gold you see is excess magical energy being created or dissipated in whatever I am doing. Usually, you would only see it when I am performing particularly difficult tasks like illusions. Small things like changing sugar for salt would not cause this excess energy for any sorcerer who had proper control over his powers. There's no way to do any magic without excess energy loss in the transfer, Dr. Strange argued. Ah, now the sorcerer finally joined in the conversation. Loki had been wondering why the man, who seemed to have an opinion about everything, had been quiet thus far. Maybe he wasn't a morning person, but the topic of magic was bound to pique his attention. It's okay. You're young. You'll get there. Loki smiled, reaching over Dr. Banner to pat the sorcerer's hand patronizingly. He was well aware of how a man with gray at his temple would take it from someone who looked as young as he did. Loki was rewarded with a scowl and Strange pulling his hand away viciously. Stark appeared to give this some thought. But we saw that energy transfer every time he used any magic during your little invasion, not just illusions. He paused and Loki scowled. The man was far more astute than he first appeared. One might say you were out of control. One might, Loki said in a way that indicated that one would have to be an idiot, neither confirming nor denying the statement. That would also explain why we saw so little of what you are capable of, magically speaking. If you need the proper degree of control, complicated magic would have been impossible. I swear we saw at least five different things we didn't know you can do in just the battle yesterday, including invisibility and teleporting. But then again, you said illusions were particularly difficult, and you did quite a lot of those. Benner spoke in the detached nature of a scholar, obviously ignorant of the mortification Loki was suffering at his words. Illusions are a specialty of mine, Loki responded with half a thought to what he was saying. I've been doing them since birth. Since birth? That seems highly unlikely given what you... The scientist trailed off, realizing Loki wasn't paying him any attention any longer. It wasn't just the implications of what Banner was saying. Loki had already known he hadn't been at his best. It was the fact that Loki had never really thought about it before. He had never really examined the magic he had performed, never thought about what to do or why he did it. In battle, or really anything that didn't involve a strict plan, he gave as much thought into what magic he did as most people did in breathing. Loki didn't acknowledge Banner's words. He looked down at the bacon on his place, as if it was the most fascinating thing he'd ever seen. The rest of the table continued with their meal, likely realizing they weren't going to get any further information. 
After a few minutes of silence, the boy spider, obviously taking after his mentor and his dislike of silence, spoke. Mr. Stark, did you get those bruises in the battle yesterday? I don't remember you getting choked. Loki looked up and examined his handiwork, purpling nicely, as Stark self-consciously rubbed his neck. Nah, kid, this was from a friend. Loki could practically hear the quotes around the word friend, as Stark looked over questioningly at him. Once again, all eyes were on Loki. As much as he generally loved being the center of attention, he could really do with just getting through the rest of his breakfast. I believe I apologized already, Stark, Loki spoke through gritted teeth. It was not my intention to damage you. If it wasn't your intention to damage, then one might ask why you did so in the first place, Strange interceded. That is between Stark and I, Loki said, clearly ending the conversation. Do you really expect us to trust you when you can't even answer a simple question? Strange asked, his frustration showing plainly. There's no such thing as a simple question, Loki replied. Strange threw up his hands in a helpless gesture, but Loki was already done. The picture of composure, he picked up his napkin. He wiped his mouth and placed it neatly beside his mostly finished plate. Then he calmly pushed back his chair and walked out of the room. Knowing Strange would be joining him quickly, so as not to leave Loki alone, the god took the moment of blessed solitude to clench his fists in frustration and seethe. What was he supposed to say? Was he supposed to blurt out all of his fears and worries to Spider-Man? Was he supposed to cry on Dr. Strange's shoulder over his brother's death? Loki had spoken the truth about simple questions. Every question revealed information about the asker, every answer more so about the teller. The process was a power exchange, and one Loki was loath to take part in unprepared. It was a habit ingrained in him for centuries, and it was difficult to change. But Strange had a point. This was not the way to develop trust between tentative allies. The problem was, up until just the last few years, Loki had entered every situation with a measure of established trust. When trying to get what he wanted from Thor, or any Asgardian really, there was the trust of shared history. When dealing with other realms, there was the trust inherent in his being a prince of Asgard. Since his fall, he generally hadn't worried over establishing trust. He was either seeking antagonism or fear. He relaxed his posture as he heard the door open behind him. Loki spoke without turning. What took you so long, Strange? I could have stolen at least a dozen of your artifacts by now. There was a discussion over who should go after you. Loki was surprised to hear Banner's voice as he turned to address the scientist. My condolences, Loki offered. I won, actually. Loki narrowed his eyes at Banner's words. I wanted to talk to you about Tony's neck. Loki sighed. I swear to you, Banner, I was not trying to kill your friend. It was a misunderstanding, one that I am certain will not happen again. Can you be certain of that, though? Banner asked. I'm unsure of what you are implying, Loki hedged. Do you believe I am still out of control? I talked to Tony as soon as he came out of your room. He told me what happened. Stark has no idea of what he speaks, Loki snarled. So you didn't have a nightmare then? Because otherwise, attacking him with a knife and strangling him looks pretty bad. Loki saw the man's point, unfortunately, and deflated. Fine, yes, I had a nightmare. I'm sure you and Stark both enjoyed a laugh at how weak I am. Loki could admit it if it meant a small measure of trust, but he couldn't keep the shame from his voice. Actually, Tony wondered what could possibly be so scary as to terrify a badass like you, Banner said with a bit of a smile. What is that man's fascination with my ass? Loki mused, forgetting his shame momentarily, and Banner coughed in shock. The better question was, why was Loki so pleased about it? No, it's, it's just an expression, Banner said. Loki hummed in disbelief. Yes, that is what Stark said as well. You mortals have a lot of expressions based on that particular bit of anatomy. 
I suppose you're right. This one just means you're particularly strong and brave with an element of being considered cool. I mean, being cool means you are admired? Banner seemed a little flustered trying to explain their colloquialisms. Loki barely noticed as he contemplated Banner's words. Strong, brave, and admired were three words Loki was fairly sure had never been applied to him. That was all Thor. He was a weak coward who relied on distasteful magic and unmanly daggers in battle. These mortals had seen Thor battle many times. How could they possibly think that Loki could compare? Then again, he supposed, they themselves couldn't compare to Thor. The trickster likely came out favorably when compared to mortals. Nonetheless, he didn't appreciate that warm feeling that seemed to settle on his stomach at the compliment. He also mentioned some, um, scars? Banner continued. The warmth in Loki's stomach drained away, replaced with nausea. Stark should learn to shut his mouth, he growled. Yeah, well, that's never going to happen. I'm pretty sure when Tony's mouth stops moving, it means he's dead. The scientist said this particularly loudly and laughed. I heard that, the man in question called from the other room. Bruce and Loki made eye contact and executed synchronized eye rolls. From the look on Banner's face afterward, Loki guessed that it had been as awkward for the scientist as it was for him. Do you want to talk about it? Banner asked. Loki scoffed. What is there to discuss? Anything that happened to leave scars, both physical and mental, is in the past. Talking about it won't erase them. No, it won't, but you can start to heal. The man prodded. Loki snorted. Sentiment. All that had ever gotten Loki was death. If you aren't comfortable talking to me, maybe Tony? Loki raised his eyebrow questioningly at the man. Why in all the nine realms would he be more interested in talking to Stark than Banner? You're an awful lot alike, you know. I know Thor said more than once that Tony reminded him of you. He had mentioned something similar to me when we decided upon Earth as our destination. He said he believed Stark and I could be good friends. I wonder if Stark was as offended as I at the presumption. I think Thor knows, knew, more than you give him credit for, Banner corrected, wincing a bit as his mistake intenses. Something Thor knew, that I don't know if you do, Tony was once taken hostage by a terrorist organization. He doesn't talk about it, but he was tortured. He had nightmares about it since, probably not as often anymore, but I don't think that's an experience that ever leaves you. Would Loki persist in always being wrong? He hadn't known about that. He knew about Stark being taken captive and escaping. That had been the birth of Iron Man, but he certainly hadn't had time to consider the implications of that captivity. He idly wondered if Barton had known and had not told him when Loki had been gathering information on his enemies. The scientist was looking at him with that quiet, searching way of his, and Loki downplayed his pondering with a noncommittal hum. I'm not quite sure why you believe that extremely personal information about Stark to be pertinent to share, but I suppose I'll keep it in mind. Banner smiled at him in a way that said very clearly he didn't believe Loki's bullshit, but he didn't press. Please do. Shall we try to go have a pleasant breakfast? Loki snorted. Such ridiculous optimism. But he followed the doctor back to the kitchen just the same.